Come on in, sit down, grab a beer, and get comfy for yet another Beer Napkins podcast. We hope you'll find the next 30 minutes or so enjoyable, educational, and inspirational. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check our our site at beerandnapkins.com, all one word, and use the word and, and not the symbol. And you can also find us on Twitter at Beer and Napkins, again, all one word. Beer and Napkins helps generate new ideas and new initiatives by leveraging informal third spaces, community-enabled design, and visual thinking. Now off we go. A big round of applause for our hosts. Good evening. Hey, Paul. This, uh, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, so um, the last podcast that we did, I you missed. weren't available. I, I missed it. I wasn't there. What the hell? You just left me high and dry there. I know. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Pam Wood had to kind of... Uh, got to make it rain, man. Yeah, take yeah. care of the mortgage. And, yeah. You know, Were you in Chicago? Or? I think I was at that time. Yes. Chicago. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm frequently there. there. So, you hitting any second city shows while you're up there? You know, I, I, I'm out in the burbs. Mm-hmm. Our office is out in the suburbs. So, you know, I land, I go to the hotel, I walk to work in the morning, I go back to the hotel, I go get up and I go to work in the morning. It's pretty similar to being here. I'm Don't we love anything. our corporate jobs? Then? We yeah. really do. We could just exactly. do this podcasting all day long. And so, so um, yeah, um, I'm the same, man. I've been traveling as well. I've been hitting Chicago as well. So I haven't hit the second city either. I'm going to hit it one of these days. I'm going to hit it. I'm, I'm well, hit you it. stay downtown probably. Well, um, a little on the south side. So yeah. I had to drive. Yeah, so I, I can't stay downtown. So it's tough for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But it's good to be back. Back yeah. on the podcast. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here, man. So yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot of dynamics happening in your world. Of incentives and, and nudging people in that right direction, right? Yeah. What's, uh, what's happening in that area? Well, we keep working, you know, we're building out the platform, still working more on the technology to support all of that. Um, last couple of years, we're doing these, uh, speaking of design thinking and visual thinking, we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of uh, human-centered design around incentive programs. So we'll bring clients in that say, uh, I, I have a problem, I need to drive sales, or I need to have, you know, reduce turnover and that kind of stuff. And we'll actually do a two-day, uh, we kind of stole it from Google Sprint, around that problem. So we'll do a deep dive into the industry, we'll brainstorm about how might we might solve the problem, and then we get into some real specifics of mapping out the behavior. So we'll take a job category and map out what are all the behaviors from start to finish. And then we go in and say what's not being done, what's being done well, and then we build out from there. So we spend a couple of days with the clients just kind of going through that. Lots, you know, so whole sticky note thing, post-it notes on the walls and all that. So we love that. No, we we love fun. that. So, so um, kind of a similar experience uh, in my in, in my world in the last few months. Uh, I've had the fortunate experience to experience serendipity. So I'm going to repeat that serendipity. So connecting with people in these networks and uh, groups. I went to the Business Innovation Factory again for my second year. That's just so saw, cool. I'm going to have to meet you. You, you got to go with me, Rhode Island, and uh, Saul Kaplan, who started it. Such a prolific um, innovation. He calls himself an innovation junkie. Um, so one of the speakers there is one of my visualization idols, David Gray. And, and through meeting him through through Saul's connections, I was able to connect with him and working with him on uh, visualization, yeah. personalized medicine. So Saul is making an initiative. 
personalized medicine and he wanted to do some visualization around that. So I'm learning as always a student. I love being beginner's mind. Is uh, I'm learning graphic visualization, putting ideas out there on on, on, on paper. So um, this is exciting adventure doing that and connecting with a lot of great minds out there. So in the all essence of bare napkins is, is that's what it's about. Uh, working in informal environments and putting those ideas on paper and or computers or whatever you visualizing these things. Yeah. I'm excited. So our, uh, we, we covered our boring stuff. <laughs> so uh, our business things and uh, we, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, before I get into our guest speaker today, um, I want to recognize Quest Brewing and what are we drinking? It's called Bach. Oktoberfest, so Oktoberfest with a B. Man, this is this is a smooth drink. It's a little too smooth. I, think I know. It like I got seven or eight percent. Cheers. 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 Got to do a little clinking to the mic there. Yeah. So, so it's about eight percent though, so we, we we can't have too many while we're talking, or it'll end up being exactly, exactly. But uh, I'm drinking that, and thank you to Quest Brewing for allowing us to pop in That's here great. and have a podcast here. Probably hear stuff going on with brewery right now. But uh, I've got a sporting at Quest Brewery hat that I think I'm going to buy after we brew. I was wondering if you were going to just steal it or if you were going to pay for it. I don't think you're going to grab the hat off me or anything. Anyway, so, so uh, Antonio, hey, um, glad guest. you're here. Um, Antonio uh, Modesto Melian. Modesto. Modesto? Yeah, with an O at the end. Oh, at the end. So, Million. Million. Yes. So, um, um, I love your name. It's almost rolls off the tongue yeah. <laughs> poetically. And um, uh, uh, Antonio has is, is, is a transplant from uh, New York City. And coming down to this, to this, uh, uh, I, I consider it a new South now. I've been here all my life in the South. I think it's definitely progressing and moving forward. So, uh, would love to hear Antonio's experience of moving from the South. Uh, again, kind of the modus of here at Beard and Atkins, we want to interview uh, those who have a very uh, wide spectrum of interests and pursuits. And you fit that bill, Antonio. Thank you. So, uh, really want to kind of hear your perspective. You're, you're an artist, you're a community activist, you're a photographer, and I'm sure you're held a lot of other things as well. And <laughs> some we can talk about. Yeah, some right. we can. yeah, exactly. So, but um, uh, want to kind of just uh, hear your story today, and kind of hear how some of the things that you build community and ideas and and. Uh, Again, we, we do the treasury formality and how, how things emerge mm-hmm. and how um, how we go about our respective problems on the community. So, uh, Paul, if you want to just start our, our, our round of uh, interview questions and then we'll just turn it over to... Uh, well, you know, I'll probably end up going rogue here on your, on your list. So, just so you know. Perfect. Because I always, it, it, whenever we do these things, it seems like I always find some little bit of nugget of information during the conversation that just... It just makes me want to dig into it, but and you know, we, I think we started with you know, the first question is you know, uh, how did you you know enhancing the beer napkins conversation? But I'm again curious. You're a transplant, yes. From your how long have you been down here? I've been here for eight years. Okay, yeah, so really kind of new, mm-hmm. really kind of new. 
for since 2010. That's when I decided this career was going to be home. So. And, and what went into that decision making so, process? So um, I went to Bob Jones University, okay. and uh, I was going back and forth from here to New York from 2006 until 2009, and then um, I, I guess I, Bob Jones really wasn't working out for me, so I left. I didn't have anywhere to go, so I was homeless. And um, no, you're you're good. I laughed too. Um, so I was homeless, and uh, I went to use my um, meal ticket at the Bob Jones cafeteria, and it worked. But I got the food, and this lady, I guess it kind of was like, wait a minute, you don't belong here. But I had enough time to go and get my food, and um, this lady came up to me, and she was like, "Do you even go to school here?" <laughs> and at that point, I was like, "Man, the jig is up." So I had to find somewhere to go, and. Um, I ended up staying with a friend of mine and his wife. They had just got married, and they let me stay with them for like three months uh, until I kind of got on my feet. And um, I was like, you know, I, I've always wanted to start over somewhere. Um, New York, you're just another number, uh, but Greenville, you can be someone. So, um, so that's that's how I decided that Greenville was going to be my home and. Uh, now you say New York. Were you was it New yeah York proper? No, no, no. I grew up in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. So yeah, Brooklyn. Uh, That's a hot place there now. Now it is. Yeah, um, I like a lot. Have a lot of friends that live in. Well, not they, they're transplants either from somewhere in the south into Brooklyn or whatever. And I tell them consistently, like the Brooklyn that you know, t- ten years, twenty years yeah. ago, you would have not wanted to live there. So like your experience in Brooklyn now is not the same experience that I had. So, um, and you know, my, my mom is from Brooklyn. My dad is from the Bronx. So I grew up in New York city my whole life. My only reference to life was New York city. So never lived anywhere but Brooklyn, the Bronx and here. So, so and then your transition down here mm-hmm. once a very conservative school. Yeah. Um, so being from the, from the North, mm-hmm. What was that perspective so, like? I'm just curious. I, yeah, like, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good question. So, like, I grew up in fundamentalist Christianity. Um, so, I, I grew up my whole life, you know, very literal view of the Bible, very literal view of how things should be, and anything that deviated from that was demonic, unbiblical, unscriptural, the whole gamut. You know, whoever did whatever was going to hell. Um, so, I went like my elementary school, junior high school, um, and some of high school were public school, but then they, you know, they got really deep into it, and I was like, you know, I really want to go and do something for the, the Lord, or, you know, and uh, I say that quotes, um, so it, it was just, um, I, that's how I, my neighbor was a Bob Jones graduate, and he kind of maneuvered me to go towards Bob Jones University. And I took a, um, back in, this is probably 2004, 2005, I took a trip down here and I'd never been, you know, out, my only reference to the South was Maryland. That's the furthest South I've ever been. Um, hmm. And uh, I don't even know if Maryland considers yeah, themselves I don't think the South. <laughs> really. So I came down here, I was like, oh, it's really nice. And uh, this is different. And I didn't know anything about the rules, and um, before you know it, I was enrolled as a student there. So 
Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so it's funny because you talk about, you know, going somewhere where you, you, you wouldn't be so focused on, you know, and, and a little bit open-minded. Yeah. The South, especially, like, South Carolina doesn't always scream open-minded. Yeah, yeah. Although, Greenville, we were talking even before we got started here, we've got a little bit of, I mean, we're kind of a little bit of an anomaly for yeah. the state because mm-hmm. yeah. we, I think with, with the influx of BMW and Michelin and a few of those other things, we have a much broader palette of thinking, mm-hmm. I think. I than, think so too. Than people would give us it is, it's kind So of, it is a fun town. You came eight years ago, and I think even from yeah. eight years ago, it's, it's, it's better. Oh, it's no doubt. They, I, yeah, it really has. But when I went to Bob Jones, I didn't know what the hell I was getting into. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, in your transition um, mm-hmm. from, from, from leaving um, school and kind of mm-hmm. working your way through life, um, how how did how did you come across your artistic endeavors? How did how did how did you transition from that? Were you always yeah. an artist, or were you well, always pursuing that in your mind? Well, maybe maybe we should say okay. When we say artist, you have a couple of different uh, um, I don't know what the right word is uh, media yeah, that yeah, you yeah. work in, right? So when we say artist, what does that mean? That means well, photography. photography. Yeah, I do painting, photography. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, like, okay. my whole thing is, like, I like to keep community engagement with any kind of artwork that I do. So I try to include, you know, marginalized groups. I also try to include people that are um, not spoken for, um, like people of color and uh, disabled people, things like that. So, you know, art to me is representation. So mm. the, the idea that I get to, one, be a representative of my own art and include other marginalized groups in it to me that's that's an artistic because you, you have to you know convince people that your art is worthy for you to, for them to be included in it so um does that make sense yeah no okay I'm, I'm kinda, does that make really get, I, I, absolutely okay cool, absolutely. cool. so as, as paul said which 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 one was first, the photography yeah. or the art? Which what, what did you? So, like, as a kid, I've always paint. I always drew and painted. I mean, it wasn't really anything serious. Um, I took a little art class in junior high school, but that was about it. Uh, and then when I started, uh, when I left and I came here, my wife got me a camera. Shout out to her. Um, she got me a camera. She was she saw what I was doing with this little Sony camera that I had. It was like a point and shoot, and she decided to invest in. A, better camera and um i knew like i didn't want to be one of these people that's always begging people for opportunities to photograph them or their families for money and i knew that like i didn't want to get into fashion photography or anything because that's just not my style like i'm not i mean you guys see what i'm dressed yeah like you guys see you guys see what i'm dressed as today i mean like i'm not a fashion forward person like so I'm not. I'm You're not dressed better than us. You're dressed better than us. Smart glasses, <laughs> trim beard, nice jogging I, suit. I would have said hipster, maybe. No, so, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's nice guys. face. Green, Greenville, you're Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Just, just gave me a fist bump. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to go into that, and I I felt like. Um, I wanted to talk to people and I, I kind of wanted to have a more human touch to anything that I did. Um, so at the same time, which is really interesting, my wife decided to do, she decided to be a traveling search tech. And so I had a bunch of um, free time uh, on my hands because she was in Kentucky and I was here in South Carolina and working at my job now. 
And, um, you know, when I left work, I would just walk around downtown Greenville and I'd see people and I would be like, can I take a portrait of you? That first couple times was a little weird, but um, I'd say, you know, you know, let me take a portrait. So eventually people started letting me take portraits of them and those portraits, they were horrible. Um, and uh, I ended up, uh, you know, just looking things up as far as, you know, photography goes. And so eventually my the artwork progressed and things like that. And uh, people started wanting to talk to me, like about not being able to pay their bills, or, like getting cancer. And, um, so I started carrying around a recorder with me and I started recording people. And um, I would like to say the rest is history, but it's an ongoing body of work. So that became uh, the fellowship at the Greenville Center for Creative Arts. Um, cool. I ended up getting being their inaugural fellow, me and two other um, artists. So, so the first one, yeah, I was the very first fellow. Wow, they had they didn't even have an elevator. Like now, people go there and they're like, "Oh, this place is so cool." I went there when it was like sawdust and like no elevator and like a work in progress. So, um, I like to pat myself on the back. Nice. I helped energize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting, you know, we talk about design thinking and the terminology is. I hear different stories. It's ethnography, mm -hmm. right? Ethnography, and in the social uh, social studies, mm -hmm. sociology portion of yes. your work, and how you interweave that into artistic mm -hmm. framework. So that's that's interesting. Now, what, what time frame was that? You were in two thousand ten. This is two thousand and uh, well, okay. So two thousand and ten, I decided that I was going to live here. Two thousand eleven, I met my wife. And she kind of, you know, put fire under my ass. She was like, you got to go back to school. I'm not going to date Mary Samaya. It's not, doesn't have an education. So I went back to school. And 2013, I graduated. I got um, associates from Greenville Tech. Shout out to them. Um, anyone, anyone who I think wants an education, wants a foundation, go to Greenville Tech. Amazing school. Amazing. Very understanding. Very understanding of schedules, so that's a little caveat there. So I graduated from there, left. Um, around that time period, my wife got me the camera uh, as a graduate. I think this is a graduation. I don't know. I gotta double check that. I'm working on that. Um, and then 2015 is when I got the fellowship. So I stayed there from 2015, June 2015, all the way until January 2017. Wow. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Well, I was a inaugural fellow. So one of the cool things was. They were still trying to figure out how to work the fellowship program. Yeah, what is what does that entail? What is so, fellowship? Yeah, so basically they give you studio space, which is really really dope. Um, they give you a stipend, so money. Uh, they also give you um, a mentor, which mine was Brian Hyatt, who works at um, he works at Furman. He's a photography professor at Furman. He also works at Lofton. So this College. was under the photography portion. There was no like portion like. You, you had to go to like an interview, right? Okay. And you show your body of work, you show the things that you work on, and um, they, you, it's a panel style interview. So there was, for me, it was like five people. Um, they ask you questions, you, you know, you answer them to the best of your knowledge, and you show them your body of work, and they choose you or they don't choose you. So um, that's, that, that's how I got the fellowship. Um, you know, they were really impressed. I look back because I still have the photos that I showed them, and I'm like, man, this is shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what they saw they in me. Saw, they saw promise. Yeah, they saw yeah, a promise. They, they saw, saw your like passion. A, they saw work in progress. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, one of the 
one of the photos that I brought to them had like a stain on it. And I think they thought that was part of the artwork. Nice. And <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm severely indebted to them because they 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 catapulted my career and really they gave me an opportunity. Um, I'm always loyal to people that believe in me. So um, you know, they're an awesome group of people: Danielle Fontaine, Charrington Shucker, the whole um, board. Um, they're amazing people, and they see a lot of promise in, in artists, and specifically a lot of artists of color. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, um, caveat. Sorry, I get on this tangents a lot. Um, oh, we 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 prize informality. Well, please, that's cool. That's oh, yeah. one of the pillars. <laughs> informality is one of the pillars of beer napkins. So I think I'm gonna get me another beer. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask if you can get. Do you have water? Are you guys going to edit this? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Please, please go ahead. I'll get ready. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, while you're up. So, basically, uh, what was I? So, yeah, my wife got me the camera 2015 yeah. to 2017. Um, so, um, in spring 2016, uh, so I'm sorry. What was the original question? I think you were you were getting into the whole idea of you know how did how did how did you get in? You know, we talked about your you know the fact that you got uh, you know you got the fellowship. You weren't sure why they did because everything was yeah, crap. Yeah, and yeah. You were talking about I think the progression of, of how. It's okay you got, that I said shit. Right? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Bob Jones is not our target. Yeah. Okay. So they say that much. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I think you're just talking about how that process of going from starting out to where you are today, and, and like you were saying, that some of the stuff that you presented before, mm-hmm. looking back on it, you're wondering how did you get in there, and I think you're just trying to get us. Yeah. Process. So, um, are you still recording? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so basically, after that, I in the summer, uh, spring of 2006, my brother was uh, died, um, and yeah, and so I kind of. I kind of put the camera down because I was done like with people. I, I had the progress, you know. Oh, thank you. 2016. Yeah, in uh, April 2016, um, my brother died, and uh, so um, basically, I had to process my own grief, you know. Um, so I put my camera down, and I, I kind of was like, you know, I really want to do artistic stuff. So I, I'm going to paint. Um, so I started painting, and um, which was really interesting. I didn't know I had that in my wheelhouse. So I basically was just painting. I would paint, come home, paint every day, paint every day. Like, it's not, it's not. I was, I don't know. Like, I have 100 pieces at home just, like, in a box. There's a lot in there. Um, but, I mean, eventually I started picking up my camera again. And that's where I am now. I saw that I, um, I started looking for grants because I was like, you know, I can't just keep walking around downtown Greenville aimlessly talking to people and some people not wanting to talk to me. So I, I ran into um, Palmetto Luna, which is one of the like Hispanic arts organization, and um, started talking to them. And they were like, you know, if you're interested in applying for a grant, we would. Will fund you halfway if it's a matching grant. It's like, 
good deal. Like I saw what I was doing already, and um, I was like, man, there's no grants in Spartanburg. And then when I was looking at Mac, um, they were like, well, we only did with Greenville artists. Um, and I was looking at their grant qualifications, and they were like, well, you have to live within so many miles of downtown Greenville in order to get a grant. So I was like, man, there's no grants in Spartanburg. And um, kept saying that. I was like, there's no grants in Spartanburg. I was like, just go grants in Spartanburg. I didn't look anything up yet. I was just telling myself, there's no, no arts community in Spartanburg. And so I was just like typing in stuff like grants in Spartanburg, Chapman Cultural Center. It's like that big building in the middle of downtown Spartanburg. So I was like, you know, um, I put in an application for a grant and. Um, I wrote a grant and I had backing from Palmetto Luna. Um, also, shout out to them. Uh, and I got a letter back saying my grant was approved. I had never wrote, written a grant before. I, I don't know any damn thing about grants. And um, they were like, your grant got approved. And I was like, okay. So, um, and at the same time, they had written an article about me and I shouted them out um, Facebook. I was like, you know, thanks Chapman Cultural Center for writing this article about me. And um, I got a message and I was, they were like, hey, my name is, I think it was Rachel. Um, she's the marketing director. She was like, um, we would really like to meet you. So her and this, the director of the Chapman Cultural Center gave me a tour, this amazing tour of their facilities. I got to see how everything worked. Um, and now I'm, I kind of do like help them with brand ambassadorship, so, mm. which is which is awesome. Even um, the life of Sarah. I'm, to be honest with you, Philip. Uh, do you go by Philip? You can call me anything you want. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I never. I'm always thankful. Like I, I always, I live a life of thankfulness because, you know, growing up, like I've had a lot of hardship. Like when I was 13, I found my mom dead. Came home, my mom was sick, and I went to church to pray for her. When I got home, she died. So I, I found her at 13 then. And then I went to live with my aunt. We didn't have the best relationship. Um, but, you know, she she did her best. You know, given the circumstances, the fact that she wasn't able to pursue a lot of the things she wanted to pursue because she had to take care of her sister's kid, our relationship was very contentious. But, you know, I was always fed, you know, obviously. Um, I was always clothed and I was always taken care of. So, um, and then when I went to Bob Jones and, you know, kind of at the point where I was homeless and not having any, um, you know, not having a job, things like that. I mean, I, I'm, I have to, like, I have to thank God and I always have to, like, I have to thank God because I know a lot of people that have gone through similar things and they haven't made it out. So I, I'm always thankful of any opportunity that I get. That brings up a good point. Yeah. Um, You've, you've gone through some really challenging times, tragedies. How what would you how would you uh, frame uh, resilience in terms of your your life? Because you know, many people have gone through the similar things and they've gone through mm-hmm. So how would you frame your, the way you've handled challenges? As a, as a kid, like, you know, my aunt made sure to keep, my aunt was a teacher. Um, she, she made sure to keep me away from certain, like, certain elements that would take me down the bad path. So I'll have to thank her for that because she, um, 
I guess like in her mind, she was like, I got to keep him alive. Like, you know, being a black child in New York City isn't easy. Um, so, and, and at the same time, you know, nothing, nothing that I do to myself, whether, no matter how hurt I am or how upset I am, um, is going to bring my mother back. You know, nothing is going to take that, that hurt's still going to be there. So why not be productive? Like, does that make sense? Like, be... Am I making sense? You're giving me a look. No, no, no. So, so I, I hear that yeah. you, your, your client yeah. really had a large she did on framing that perspective, taking a negative situation yeah. in your life and really weaving a positive mm-hmm. side together. Yeah. So, is that mm-hmm. what I'm kind of hearing? Yes. That, 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 that she sowed some seeds in your yeah. psyche. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there was a time where, like, these, like, because um, we, when my mom died, we moved from, uh, are you familiar with Brooklyn at all, like neighborhoods? No, but I'm not a visitor. Okay. So we lived in Sheepshead Bay, which is close to Coney Island. It's kind of a nice neighborhood. We moved there, and then we moved to Crown Heights, which is predominantly um, Caribbean, Hasidic Jew, uh, Russian neighborhood. So it's like, you know, the gamut there. So um, there was a time where, like, the neighborhood kids would be like, you know, they were all getting pregnant. They were all doing, not doing drugs, but like selling drugs for older drug dealers. They'd be like, hey, Anthony, can Anthony come hang out with us? Mom was like, absolutely not. So there was a time where like, you know, there was an element out there that was vying for who I was, you know what I mean? And I had that structure, that family member there to kind of put that barrier there. So a lot of people don't have that. A lot of black and Hispanic people of color don't have that. So, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So, the resilience to me, back to your original question, resilience to me is, um, just keep moving. Like, the difficulty is going to be, like, the difficulty is going to be there regardless if you stop and bitching and complain about it or not. Like, just keep moving. Keep going. Like, it's not, I don't know, it's, does that make sense? I say that a lot, but I I really mean like, does that make sense? You just gotta okay. work. Yeah, keep. You have to yeah. keep working. Like you have to, you have to keep moving forward in your goals. Like, you know, my brother died. I went through a, a point of depression. Uh, you know, I became really, really depressed and upset and lashed out at people. And, but at the same time, like, nothing that I'm doing, like none of my actions towards anyone else is going to bring my brother back. You know, none of the actions, you know, after my mom died, none of my actions are going to bring my mother back. So, I'm going to just keep keep moving keep forward. Moving. Like, yeah, just keep, keep doing the work. And that's hard. Like, exactly. Keep doing the work. And it's hard for people. Like, because... I, I struggle. Yeah. You know, personally, it's a personal struggle to you rely on inspiration, especially now as an inspiring artist itself, mm-hmm. is that... I saw that your artist also, by the way. Well, Pay watercolors. Well, I appreciate that. So, <laughs> is that I have to realize that it's it's all in the process. It's all in the work. And, 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 and sometimes inspiration is not, not the catalyst. Well, I, you know, yeah. I listen to you guys and it's great because, you know, you're both artists. I can't even draw a straight line. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so... 
you know, I listen to this, and I think when you, we talk about moving forward and we talk about doing the work, I think we forget that 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 is what drives the next idea, right? If you didn't do the first one, you wouldn't have the second. Yeah, if you didn't do the second, you wouldn't have the third. So you really, you know, I mean, there's no progress without all of those changes. So it's, it's interesting to hear you guys talk about the, the way that gets you moving, and I think we just can't avoid it. I mean, the only thing that doesn't change, that doesn't move forward, is, is something that's dead, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And it's really easy to fall into that trap of, well, I'm not going to bother because it didn't help me before. But, you know, we always attribute change in the past to something we could have actually affected. Well, yeah. We probably couldn't. Yeah. You talk about the death of your mother and your brother. Nothing you would have done differently back then would have changed no. the outcome. Probably. The, only time I, the only time I got to get guilty is when I think, like, my mom was sick. She was telling me she's sick. I went to church to pray for her. And I always think, like, if I would have stayed there. But she wouldn't have not died. Yeah. She would, I mean, we all eventually. Right. But, you know, maybe she wouldn't have died that day. But my understanding is she was pretty bad off. You know, she she was pretty bad off in mm-hmm. the situation. So. Yeah, it's, yeah and, and, but I, I mean, from an artist's yeah. standpoint, so it's interesting to hear because I think some of that, I mean, that's an issue of channeling. That's an issue of making sure you take a negative or even, I mean, even great positives you can channel. And, and, that and it comes out in a different way. Exactly. So, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed at how certain people's path, stressors, tragedies, things that drive people to, to, to really channel that into an artistic or creative thing or a destructive thing yeah. and how it's affected you it's well, nature or nurture is part of that. And, and, and I mean, part of what we're talking about here, as far as beer and napkins goes, is what beer and napkins is all about. It's trying to find solutions, right? It's trying to find answers to questions. Yeah, I think we forget sometimes that we're, uh, I think we're brainwashed, especially in the professional world. And I just went through this because I was doing some uh, design sprint for a client. And I tried to explain to him, we may not end up where you think we will. And that's okay. But we're brainwashed as business people that when we go into a meeting, we leave with an answer and it's the right one. And the reality is the world doesn't work that way. We learn and we grow. And the, the, the next answer may not be the end answer, but it's a better one than we have. So it's all about this this evolution, this iteration, absolutely. which is all about beer napkins, right? We yeah, iterate, absolutely. we iterate, we iterate. Art is iteration. That's uh, all it is. Absolutely, Paul. So to to your life, the way your your, your narrative is, is worked out is very non-linear. It's just like, you know, a lot of us have been taught in the educational system and life, just the way the American dream is to think. You go to school, you go to college, get married, you have 2.5 kids, you drive a minivan, you have a career for 30 years, yep. and you die. You know? So my life has not been that way. I know Paul, yours has not <laughs> been that way. And definitely your life has not been non-linear. Does that make it nice? It does. It adds substance. It gives you something to talk about. Podcast well, it, on a Friday it, afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we would ever be doing a podcast on Friday afternoon. Yeah, we need to talk to you about Friday afternoon. I know, but that's. But I mean, I've had that conversation, right? Where they, the, the, there was a big you know, philosophical discussion about if you knew what your life was going to be, would you die of boredom before you could live it, right? Because right. every, you know, you would just automatically be reliving the same moment over and over, basically, yeah, in your mind, and it would drive you insane. 
So having a non-linear life is probably the best thing. I so let's just transition yeah. a little bit. So uh, you're an activist as well. So kind of I think so. Well, I, think, I, I think I think using art. So in the current state of the polarization, I mean, I got to bring this topic yeah. up. Uh, it is I the mean, gorilla in the room. The gorilla, the elephant in the room, whatever you want to call it. Regardless of what color you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, navigating with your art and your community building and things, what is your perspective on today's climate and how do we, how do we, how do we deal with all this? Uh, how do we deal? Okay, let me solve all those problems real quick. Mm. No. <laughs> no, I, like, I don't know, like, I, you want me to talk about the president or what, like, this uh, climate? I think it's I think, more of a climate, right? I think it's, it's climate. Yeah, we like, can't even have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's different, you know, different perspectives out there, but how do we, how does it, a layperson, from, from your perspective, how does a layperson navigate through this very dynamic kind of situation? Do we attach yourself to causes? Do we do? We, how do we? How do we navigate this? Now you use your art. No. Yeah. We, I mean, how, what do you? What do I you think. Do? I think. Fine. You got to pick your poison. You got to pick what you're passionate about. Like, I'm passionate about diversity in art, so I, I incorporate that. I incorporate diversity in everything that I do. Um, you can't be passionate about everything and expect to get anything accomplished. And that's what a lot of a lot of what I see, especially when it comes to people that are left of center they're passionate about everything all the time and nothing gets done um but i think if we step back and find what we're really passionate about whether it's lgbt um rights whether it's black lives matter whether it's voting rights and we we pick that and we focus on it we would see a lot more get done i i i do consider myself left of center um, although some of my views are a little bit more moderate, um, I, I just see so many people that are that, that are focusing on everything and doing nothing. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And I, I'm sorry if I say that too much. Does that make sense? I just want to make sure my point is getting across. Um, now, how do we how do we solve that? Um, I don't know. Give people. I don't know. Give people like give people opportunities to choose what they what they like. Like right now, you know, with with the, with the president we have and with the the culture that's being permeated, there there's so many different things that are being forced at us all the time. Like now we're talking about the migrant caravan. Next week we'll be talking about whatever, and like people have aren't really having the opportunity to sit down and focus on the thing that they're passionate about because next week it's something new. And it's just, everything's happening so fast. Like we're almost three years into this presidency. And if we look from day one all the way to today, how fast things have happened. Six months ago we were talking about starting the Now we're talking about migrant caravan. Again, does that make sense? And this is a challenge of solving problems today from, you know, the Baron Napkin's point of view. And I, I apologize, I keep trying to really no, fuck around to, to, you know, Baron Napkin's. I mean, our goal is to solve problems, ultimately, some sort of problems. And we want to do that through these different techniques, which we're thinking and all that. The problem is, no pun intended, 
to solve a problem, you need to take some time to do that. Yes. And the technology in today's world, in which the ways in which we communicate and transfer information is instantaneous. We've lost the ability to take a step back because I'm more worried about reacting to the next thing that's coming in in six seconds than I am about fixing the bigger issue that came up four months, four months. Yeah. So we keep trying to solve the problem that's much bigger than the next tweet or the next Instagram post or the next Facebook post, yet that's where we're focused. I mean, I'm sorry, but we have the, the technology has done a great job of making ex- every one of us a dopamine addict. Yeah. I mean, we can't wait to get that next hit on our hip, right? We wait for the phone to vibrate. We, we keep it out. I love my life. I got mine in front of it. Let, let me ask you Let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Do you think a lot of that has to do with the attention culture, attention seeking? Like we live in a culture that's very instantaneous. I, you know, I don't know if that's a, a, a you know if that's a chicken and the egg. Yeah. In other words, I think we've always wanted the attention yeah. on us as a as a species. We just haven't had the ability and the, and the technology to allow us to do it as much as, much as we can. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there are YouTube people making millions of dollars at stars still blows my mind. And I'm not like some grandpa that only has an AOL address, right? So I hear that and it just blows my mind that people make millions of dollars. I mean, my my son was telling me about Twitch, right? And playing video games and, and people, there are Twitch millionaires. Really? Yeah, that play video games and they have themselves on video playing the game and showing people how to play it. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But So I think the attention economy... Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that, has always been there. We've just now put it on steroids. We've added methamphetamines to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got it on crack, so I can get hits every 17 seconds on my YouTube yeah. channel and whatever it is. Wow, exactly. so that's my. I mean, that's, no, you're, you're, yeah, that's I my think side you're, I agree. I think wow. processing that, and I think so. Theme in working with the Beer and Aptis theme is that visual thinking is a very important. Yeah. And Antonio, you, you really bridge that sharing mm-hmm. and you both started the whole photography perspective and pairing stories visual thinking. When you see their image and you pair those with the stories, it's, it's impactful. Bill starts building dialogue. So um, really, really jive with that whole whole visual thinking process kind of bridging and start going down so you mentioned a little bit about um, your focus is building diversity in art what is some of the things that you have been really focusing in on yeah diversity in art process yeah yeah um so basically um with with the series well faces of the upstate when I got my grant, I knew I wanted to focus on. Um, knew I wanted to focus on marginalized groups. So, what is a marginalized group? Is it only person of color? No, uh, not necessarily. Just because you're a person of color or whatever it doesn't mean that you're marginalized. Um, so, I started looking at um, DACA recipients, people who are recipients of deferred action with child providers, and so I started. Uh, working with Palmetto Luna and I found these people um, and I started talking to them, interviewing them and I got their stories and I started putting that on my blog um, and then I reached out to some disabled people um, and also um, people that are recovering drug addicts, um, heroin. I interviewed one lady earlier this week who 
He's nine years sober. Last she overdosed in a McDonald's bathroom. Until this day, she still can't go to McDonald's without mm-hmm. thinking. She doesn't go to McDonald's inside of McDonald's because um, she, she said she did triggers her too much. triggers her and uh, Walgreens too. She didn't go into Walgreens either. Um, so I, I wanted to focus on people that people that our society looks not looks down on, but doesn't really pay attention to. If you ever look on the news here where they talk about somebody that's overdosed on drugs, you read the comments. Like, I always tell people don't read the comments because they're just like, well, if he wasn't a junkie or, you know, well, if if he would have came here illegally or, well, if he would have just respected the police. um, Survivorship bias is very strong in the comments field, that's for sure. So I I really wanted to um, focus on people like that and I wanted to capture their stories and and I wanted to talk to them because nobody does. Um, and I don't know, like uh, that's kind of what I want to do, and that's how I, that's how I put diversity into my artwork because it's not just diversity of, um, it's not just diversity of color, diversity of, it's diversity of experience. Um, and I, I feel like, and I was telling, I was telling Juan Gonzalez this the other day. We were talking about. I was telling him um, a lot of the experience. We we might be a different skin color, but our experiences can be the same. We can get both get the same thing out of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I talk about marginalized groups, I really want to bridge that gap with experiences and show people that experiences are they can divide us or they can bring us together more than. More than likely, they could bring us together a lot more than they divide us. I would, I would probably jump in, and I would agree with that. That I think that we forget, we focus so much on the image as opposed to the experience. Because I think you're right, black, brown, right, the white, uh, LGBTQ, whatever. The experiences can be similar, even if the the, the rapper is different, yeah. right? And and I think that's coming to. I think, anyway, I mean, seeing that happen a little bit more when we talk about the opioid, opioid crisis, we're applying, all of a sudden, people are starting to think about that in terms of the way the crack crisis happened or the, the, the heroin crisis in the 70s and 80s, you know, things like that, that we're starting to say, you know, maybe this isn't a, an ethnic issue. Yeah. It's an issue of human beings that have problems, and we all have them, and it's just a matter of when it happens and where it happens, just because before it was in Hell's Kitchen and now it's in... Uh, you know, West Virginia, the human condition is the same, and we need to feel the same way about it. We can't apply that filter that says, oh, if they just had come into the country legally yeah. versus it. That's not, we, we keep forgetting, those aren't the issues. Those, aren't that, the issues. That, those are, that, that's the frame around the picture. It's not the painting, you know. Yeah. That just holds uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your site here. The uh, if you guys get a chance, you know, the black, uh, you know, if Black Lives Matter, uh, I, I'm loving this. I mean, I'm having a hard time focusing on the conversation yeah. because I'm looking at your website. Here. That project pissed a lot of people off. Why? Wow. This the is if. a great. If Black Lives Matter, with, with, just so for the, the listeners, it's the, the the title was "If Black Lives Matter, We Should," and then Antonio took pictures oh. of uh, people holding signs with handwriting on. 
uh, and basically answering that question. So if Black Lives Matter, we should. And the one that really just cracked me up right off the bat was the very first one in the in the reel, which was an old white guy with a beard, you know, your traditional, I'm going to say it, Trump voter, and it says we should acknowledge the gaping wound of slavery. Well, that's um, that's his name is Abathonia. He's uh, actually married to a, um, a black woman. They live in um, why rappers in, shouldn't matter yeah. exactly that. You just proved my point. <laughs> no, he was actually. We took a class. It's really interesting, right? This little caveat. We took a class at Greenville Tech, it was a speech class, and he came in with a, um, he's a musician, and he came in with a djembe, the drum, and um, he was telling us about how most of our drum instruments and string instruments come from Africa, and I was like, I was looking at him, because I was thinking, mm, he's not talking like somebody that looks like him should talk, Yeah. and I was like, I need to talk to him a little bit more, and, and we've been friends ever since, he's a great guy, so yeah. Well, I'm just going through that, and, and first of all, there's a couple of people in there that I recognize, so it's oh, really? kind of interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, not not I mean, not friends or anything, okay. but um, actually, what's her name? I, I, she goes by a different name now. Um, MJ Slide. Yeah, MJ yeah. Slide. She uh-huh. did the. I did a, uh, a Chaska here in Greenville, and she and um, what's his name, Max uh, Maximus. Uh, Maxim Williams. Maxim Williams did. Uh, her and, and him were the the MCs for that. Kidding, uh, huh? Oh, really? Pachachka. So I had met her back then. So every I, I kind of followed her on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought great. she was an interesting cat. So was he, right? Yeah. yeah so anyway, but I mean, if you get a chance as a listener, uh, go out there and, and look at Antonio Modesta uh, Modesto's uh, "If Black Lives Matter, We Should." The, some of the comments are great, and the pictures are just fabulous. So I just appreciate that. So anyway, I just want to make sure. Appreciate you. Hey, all, all right. So so future. What do you see in your future? What, 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 where, are you, where are you progressing from, from here? Uh, what, do you, what do you see in your impact? You know, to be honest with you, and if anyone's listening, um, I really would like to be a photojournalist. I really would like to take some of my expertise out into the world. Um, so, uh, shameless plug, I'm for hire. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all, really? Um, so... You know, I, I would really like to take my work out there and um, show the world what I could do. Um, you know, outside of that, more grants, uh, developing a book with Faces of the Upstate. Um, so far, um, I have a lot of stories on, not on the website, but I have a lot of stories in general. And um, I think I have a good body of work that could become something. So, another shameless plug if you're a press out there, mm-hmm. want to talk ah, to me. Um, you know where to find me, Antonio. You never know where <laughs> serendipity will take you. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's where I feel my future is going. More uh, human engagement, human impact. Um, yeah. All right, let's move to the fun stage. I always like this. Okay. All right. So, and, 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 and tr- let's be honest, dude, we stole this 100. percent Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. Stealing <laughs> is part from of from inside the actor's studio. Still, what is that? The, the book called "Still Like an Artist" or something? Or, or, what was well, it? that was an old uh, a, 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 a a quote attributed uh, to uh, Picasso. Picasso, great artist, yeah, yeah. was a good artist copy and great artist steal. Yeah. Like so, that. so all right. Here's my first question. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if you had a napkin right here, what problem would you solve? Okay, so if I had a napkin right here, what problem would I solve? Um, can I do more than one problem? Sure, sure. My, okay, sure. Um, I would solve racism. Mm-hmm. I would solve um, 
lack of opportunity uh, for marginalized groups. Um, and I would solve income inequality. That's a big one. I don't know how I. Yeah. So, so, so let me let me let me uh, be a dick about this. If you solve the first one, do the other two disappear? Racism. No. Okay. Uh, income inequality and other they're, they're completely. You might be right on that one. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm an old white guy and I don't have, <laughs> I don't have income inequality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, you don't, you don't you don't. Just because you solve racism doesn't mean the rest of the problem, the rest of the problems go away. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Take it away, Paul. All right. Now we're now we're into session. yeah. Now we're going to be in the actor studio stuff. Okay. okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, um, <laughs> so what is what? I, I kind of like this question just because I thought I had a great answer. For it. What sound or noise do you love? You want me to be honest? Yeah. Sound of noise that I love. Okay, I was thinking about the one because I read those. I was reading about the one that I hate. <laughs> sound that I love. Um, Something I love, something I love. Okay, so right before the sun really rises, where you have that, like, the sky is kind of like reddish, bluish, whatever. I like the sound that the animals make. I really like that early in the morning. Because as a kid growing up in New York City, you hear horns all the time. So when I would go to, like, camp in Pennsylvania and shit like that, I would be like, I would wake up at like six o'clock in the morning, and I would hear like balloons and like all that. And I was like, oh, that's so it's kind of like the whole Earth stretching. Yeah, it's like when they wake up. yeah, <laughs> and so like now I live out in the country. I live out in Lyman, and so I can do that every day, and I love cool. that. And like I like the sound of getting up early in the morning and getting in my car and like driving, like rolling down all my windows like at six o'clock in the morning and driving to the dump. And like hearing just like outside. Yeah. Alright, so so since you didn't like the other question, okay. I'm gonna of course ask it now. Uh-huh. What, what do you hate? hate? Okay, the sound that I hate. I'm gonna be very, very, very specific. Other than my voice. No, you're not. no, you I hate the sound because I work in customer service. I hate the sound of I hate the sound of. Don't take offense to this, but I hate the sound of middle age. I hate the sound of middle aged customers asking for things they don't deserve. Hmm. So they always start out with that. Uh, well, I think, and I, I kid you not, that is how. They mostly start out, and I, you know, I work for a telecommunications company where people are always asking for things, and they'll they'll start out with, well, um, I think that, and it's and it's always like it's always the same demographic. Like you know, I rag on millennials a lot, but like yeah, millennials are bad. But have you ever told a middle aged man what he can't do? Ooh. Have you ever told somebody in their 50s, have you ever told somebody in their fifties or sixties that they couldn't get a deal that expired three months ago? 
interesting. Wow. That's, you know, I, that, that, that's just such a, an interesting point of view. Yeah. Again, you're on the end of that. Yeah, phone call. Yeah, I've yeah. never had to deal with no, that. No, it's great. And I would never myself personally call and think I deserve anything. Yeah. Especially if I'm outside the realm. No, that's just great. I mean, if I'm on the on the cusp, like if I'm a day off, mm-hmm. I'd be like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I'd still probably live with it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, uh, I could just do that. Can I ask this uh, yeah. question? Can I ask this question? Sure. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? So, uh, creatively, spiritually, emotionally. So, I like I like looking at artwork from other... Um, creatively, artwork from other people of color that do art. Um, I really, really have been getting into like a lot of the Afro-Brazilian um, artwork that's out there and photography that's out there. And that is just like, I mean, I get my creative juices get flowing at that point. Um, emotionally, like when I hear, when I hear, um, I'm thinking of a way to word this, how to frame this. Like when I hear unconventional stories of black people succeeding, um, like, you know, we always hear the story about, oh, you know, my mom, my, my, my dad left me. You always hear those stories, but when you see, like, when I see black people succeeding emotionally, that that just makes me happy. Um, what do you mean by unconventional? Fine. Um, okay, so, like, you know, one thing that, like, society puts forth this notion that all black people are victims. When in all actuality, that's not true. Um, they, society puts puts forth this notion that black people don't go to college. Black people don't. It's right. always black people don't. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's kids are going to go to college. Yeah, exactly. Michael Jordan's kids don't but, have a problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't have a problem affording college. Like, right. there's never like they don't put forth these stories where black people are succeeding. Like, where black fathers, black men are taking of their kids. Anytime you turn on the TV, it's like, oh, well, my father was never around. Or, you know, my, my dad, mm-hmm. you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. there's like, that's, that's, like that's, these that's, unstereotypical, I, I, you know, they, they put society, news, media, they put forth these stories, these stereotypical stories of black people doing really ignorant stuff. So when I see stories on TV, on the news, on social media, where people are not doing that, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. That makes me really, really so happy. a little bit more normalized. Yeah, stories. and the same thing goes like you know my my father and you know my family they're they're Puerto Rican, but I've always lived a life of a black person because of the color of my skin. So when I see like that, and when I see like Afro Latino culture coming out like when I when I saw there's a, a singer called Amara La Negra and there's another singer Cardi B I love Cardi B she's Afro-Latina she's Dominican um, you know you guys know who Cardi B is right yeah. okay just she make just sure. a fight with yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. kicked yeah. what's her she name she kicked Nicki the that's okay I'm fine with that um, but when I see when I see the culture like that when I see like Afro-Latino culture and when I see um, stuff like that emotionally I feel feel happy like I feel validated um, I feel strong you know mm. so um, and then what was the other one it was all spiritual. spiritually like God 
like um, I'm a very spiritual person. I do believe in God, and I like to be honest. I believe in a higher power, um, and when I look back at my own life, like my my own life could have been a lot worse. Like I had opportunities, even though even where I didn't think I had opportunities, I had opportunities. Like um, I don't know many other kids from Brooklyn, you know, that got to go to private school or like my you know or like I didn't know many other people from Brooklyn, black kids from Brooklyn that got to go to Bob Jones, like which is. You know, for everything that's bad with it, you know, it's it's a good education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't, you know, my whole life is a blessing, and I'm always thankful for any opportunity that I get to shine. So, including this, thank you, guys. It's just <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is wonderful. Gosh, man, it's just flowed pretty well. But here, here's one I always love to, the answer to, and that is, if you couldn't do what you're doing right now, what would you want to do? What, what is another profession that you'd want to give a shot at? Gosh. Okay, so if I couldn't do what I was, what I'm doing right now, which is customer service. No, no, no. <laughs> what you're, that's that's no, what you do to fund yeah, what you yeah, are, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Um, I would probably, if I, if I did it all again, um, first of all, I would take my education a lot more seriously than I Everybody did. Everybody says that. Everybody um, says that. And I, I would have... Um, I would go into engineering, hmm. um, engineering or medicine of some sort, um, just simply because like money solves a shit ton of problems, and engineering, it a lot too. yeah, engineering <laughs> is not going anywhere. I see yeah. a lot of people, especially in this area, that are engineers that live very well, and um, yeah. So that's that's what I would. I have a, I have a distinct idea though that regardless of the profession you chose outside of this, you would have been. I keep thinking Antonio without borders, right? You tell me that you're going to be mm-hmm. uh, a medicine. I'm going to guess you're going to apply medicine in a way that doesn't make you a ton of money, but it helps other people. I'm kind of guessing that you're the personality type that no matter what you are trained at or what you can do as a vocation, it's going to end up helping people, and you're never going to be. The guy on Miami Vice with the cigarette book. I do right? far too many things for free. I really do. I do a lot of stuff for free. Um, and I, I just feel guilty asking people for money. And I think I need to work on that. Just so you know, we're not paying you for the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> By the way, I think, here's my check. No. No. Well, you get some water out of it. Yeah, you're good. Man. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I got to work on that, asking people for money. Because I don't... Well, Antonio, we, we really yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you. How guys. can we? How can people reach you? What would be a good? So I have way? Instagram. My Instagram yeah. is Antonio Milian Studio, no S at the end. Studio. I have Facebook Modesto Antonio or Antonio Modesto Milian or Anthony Modesto Milian. Um. And, and that's and, pretty much it. And when we post this up to the site, we'll also include these links as well. Cool, cool, cool. So, and we'll try to do a, a transcript as well. So some of this stuff. Will yeah, be but, I mean, some great stuff. But thank you guys so much oh, for the opportunity. Pleasure, I'm like, I saw, yeah, I saw you doing your thing, and I'm like, man, I got to be a part of that. You guys, Dude, are thanks awesome. for your persistence yeah. and stuff. Yeah, right? I appreciate you, you reaching out. Yeah, I probably would not. Uh, kind of connected. Phil, Phil's horrible at that. I, I am bad. Horrible. I am so bad. <laughs> I, I'm my bandwidth is sucking. 
Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Bob. Anytime, man. Uh, thanks a lot again for your time today. This is Beer and Napkins. We're at Quest Brewing over on Airport Road, right across the street, basically from Chili's, if you know where that is on Haywood. That's where we're at. They've got, we're sitting here in this room looking at all the vats, drinking their Boktoberfest, and I already know because that uh, that was at least 7%, because I know how I feel after two, and I'm already feeling pretty, pretty happy right now, so... Uh, thanks a lot, everybody, for being a part of Beer Napkins. This is Paul Hebert and Phil McCry. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time today. If you'd like to be a part of the podcast, check our website at beernapkins.com, all one word, for our schedule. We always record live in a pub and love to have you in the audience. Until our next podcast, here's to new ideas, new friends, and the pubs that enable greatness. Thank you so much for listening.